Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Amen, amen. Today, as you're having a seat, get your Bible and go with me to Acts chapter number 19. This is the story of us. Not just a history lesson, but this is lessons for our lives here and now, today. God wants us to know how to live life. And so he's contained for thousands of years in the Scriptures these stories. And the Bible says these are examples for all of us to live our lives by. The title of today's specific message is The Genuine Power of God. The Genuine Power of God. People today are fascinated with the supernatural, fascinated with supernatural power. In fact, I looked it up, eight out of the top ten grossing films of all time are about the supernatural, superheroes and special forces and different things like that, magic and those sorts of things. All of these movies, why? Because people, people, hello, come on somebody, the devil doesn't want you to hear this message today. People are fascinated with the supernatural, and yet God is the originator of all power. Think about it. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He was the pre-existent one, the one who was before anything was, the one who was and who is and who always will be. He is self-sufficient. He doesn't need anyone else to come along and feed him. He doesn't need a good hearty meal every morning. God doesn't need a nap. No, our God is sufficient within himself. He is all-powerful. He is the God, the creator, the sustainer. He's the one who speaks and planets exist. He is the almighty of God, the ancient of days. He's the one who tells the end from the beginning. He's the one who can heal the sick. He's the one who can raise the dead. He is the God of all provision and strength and honor and glory. That is the one that has the true power. And yet I see people in our society are fascinated by the supernatural. They're going after all sorts of different things. I think, you know, in certain seasons you can see this, especially like October, right? Hello, come on somebody. People are decorating their houses and they're dressing up like different things and they're putting things all around and the movies that are coming out, all about supernatural things. And yet they miss the genuine power of God. Here in Acts chapter number 19, Paul has traveled to Ephesus. You remember that he found some disciples, but they didn't have a complete understanding, and so he prays for them. Uh, they, they're baptized in the name of Jesus. They receive the Holy Spirit. He teaches them about Jesus, and now he goes into the synagogue like Paul does and starts to teach. But just like the Jews often did, uh, there, there's some that raise up, and they start to speak evil of Paul. So Paul withdraws from the synagogue, taking the disciples with him, and he goes to a place called the School of Tyrannus. Now, this school was probably notable, right? They, they don't tell you, well, this was a school because this guy and this and that. No, they just kind of mention they were over at Tyrannus. It's almost like saying, you know, they were in the San Bernardino City, City Hall or Civic Center, that sort of a thing, right? Uh, so-and-so's education center. It was kind of like everyone assumed that they knew that this school was a notable place. Now, he taught in the school of Tyrannus for the period of about two years. Now, he was not an adjunct professor or something like that coming alongside what they're teaching. He was teaching the gospel. But probably what took place was, was that in the mornings, the school would be going on just like they always do, and in the afternoons, they would take a break because of the heat of the day. They didn't have air conditioning systems like we have today. They didn't have filtration and air filtration, all that kind of stuff. So probably with a bunch of bodies in a room, in the heat of the day, it probably got sweltering hot. And so these, these early people in this area would take a break in the afternoon, and then they would go back to work later on in the evening. Some of the, the Latin nations and people that know about this know about something called siesta. Come on, somebody. We need to get back to some of this stuff, don't we? 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We got air conditioning, so get back to work, all right? I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you. But here's the thing is that Paul probably said, hey, you guys got this big empty building just sitting here in the afternoon. Would you mind if I used it and taught some people? And they said, you know, it's hot, but go ahead. Whatever you need, man, go, go for it. So he went in there and he started to teach the people. But something took place as he taught the word of God, something supernatural took place, and the Bible records that in the span of two years that all Asia heard the word of God. Now, we think of Asia as like China, you know, and, and those nations around there, India, Russia. Not talking about those areas. Talking about Turkey and the surrounding areas that we know of, modern-day Turkey and those surrounding areas. That was called Asia Minor. Paul had desired to go there earlier. If you remember in the book of Acts, he tried to go there, and the Holy Spirit forbid him to go. Why? Because it wasn't the time. It wasn't the season. But now here he is back in Asia in this place called Ephesus, teaching in the school of Tyrannus. And the Bible says in the span of two years as he taught, all of Asia heard the word of God. Why? Because the genuine power of God was at play. God showed up and did something supernatural. Let's take a look at it in Acts chapter number 19 and verse number 11. It says this in Acts chapter number 19, verse number 11. It says, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. We can see that the genuine power of God was on display. And you and I need to understand that we need the genuine power of God on display in our lives. We need it flowing in us and flowing through us. But oftentimes I find that the church doesn't know what to do with the genuine power of God. We have the scriptures. We know that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed the devil. We know that the apostles had power. And yet, in our lives, we look around and we say, man, we're powerless. So today, what do we do with the genuine power of God? What do we do? If it's there, if it's available, if we've got the Holy Spirit like we talked about last week, then what do we do with it? Well, here are a couple things today in order to operate in the genuine power of God. A couple things for us to understand today so that we can do what God has called us to do and see great mighty things happen on the earth. First thing is this. We've got to believe for it. We have to believe for it. See, Acts chapter number 19, verse number 11 says, Now God worked. Stop right there for a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because this verse says so much. We, we got to just take our time with this. This is not fast food. This is good food. It's like a seven-course meal. Let's, let's start with the appetizer, right? Here it is. It says, now God worked. Lest we get our eyes on Paul. Oh, Paul was so special. Paul was the anointed apostle. Jesus showed up to him supernaturally. Yes, he did all those things, but don't get it wrong. Paul in himself is just a man with a nature like yours and like mine. It wasn't anything about Paul. It wasn't because Paul was so cool or so smart or so spiritual. It was because God was doing something supernatural with a vessel he could use. God worked. God was doing something. What was God doing? God worked, look at this, unusual miracles. Remember, we're talking about the genuine power of God. When I read that God worked unusual miracles, that shows me that there are some usual miracles that should be taking place in the life of believers. And yet, I wonder why I look around the church and I don't see the miracles that I think that I should be seeing. Could it be that we don't understand the power that's available to us and so we don't operate in it? What did Jesus say? He said, these signs shall follow those that believe. What signs are they? They will speak with new tongues. They will cast out demons. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall by no means harm them. 
So we should be seeing these things. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. I have the wonderful privilege at times of praying with people. You know, I can't always do that. I'm greeting at the back door and got a thousand people waiting to say hi. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes people say, Pastor, will you pray for me? I say, no, I got prayer teams at the front. They'll pray with you. And they either leave offended or they come up here and they get their miracle, right? But sometimes people say, Pastor, I would love to wait. If you don't mind, I'd love to pray with you. And I say, if you're going to wait for all these people, then I'll pray with you afterwards. And so they stay and they hang out. And they come up afterwards, and I've had the privilege of praying with people. Now, I pray the prayer of faith. I get in there. I believe God. But, you know, we, we meet a lot of people here. We pray for a lot of people. We do a lot of stuff here at The Rock. It's a big church, and a lot of stuff's going on. So I don't remember every prayer I pray. But I'm always blessed when someone comes to me at the back door. I remember one lady came up to me, and she said, Pastor, with tears in her eyes, Pastor, do you remember me? And I remember her face, but I don't remember her. I don't remember what was going on in her life. I don't remember the context of what we talked about when I met her, that sort of a thing. Don't remember her name, you know. But she's, do you remember me? And I said, uh-huh, because I remember her face. But inside I'm going, mm-mm, I don't know what we're talking about here, you know. Don't be offended, all right. Oh, that's why he calls me buddy. Man. But here's the deal. She says, Pastor, you prayed for my dad. I said, I did. She says, yeah. Stage four, cancer. One year ago, almost to the day. Guess what, Pastor? What? He's up walking. He's doing well. Thank you for praying. It's awesome. I had another guy come to me, Pastor, you remember me? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, inside. Mm-mm. I, don't, I don't remember the context of this guy. I remember the face, but I don't remember the context of what we're talking about here. But he says, Pastor, about a year ago. Now, I don't know why my prayers take a year to take effect. That's something i got to work on. So if you're wanting me to pray for you, you might want to come up to the prayer teams because theirs seem to get answered the same day. What's that all about, Bob? I don't know, man. He's got more faith or something than I do. But here's the deal, is that a year later, he says, he says, you prayed for me about a year ago. A year ago, I was here in the foyer, and I was crying, and I was telling you about the fact that I was getting ready to go to jail. And because I was going to jail, it, it affected my immigration status, and they were going to deport me. And, and so I was scared, and I didn't know what I was going to do. But you prayed with me. And guess what? One year later, I'm out. I've got my immigration status. We're good, Pastor. Wow. See, I believe in the life of every believer. These signs should be following us. Not that we should be going from meeting to meeting, bouncing from church to church, and, oh, let's, let's let so-and-so pray for me, and this healing evangelist and all. That's good, and I believe God uses individuals who are vessels, who have gifts. Absolutely. But listen, I'm not chasing the gifts. The gifts are following me because that's what Jesus said. I'm not going to go searching for miracles. No, I'm going to live in the genuine power of God, and the miracles are going to follow. They're following you, and you didn't even know it. You ever had a moment where you got into a car accident, you walked away unscathed? Just had a father come and tell me, Pastor, here's a picture of my son's car. Totaled, total head-on collision. He said, praise God, he walked away without a scratch or a bruise. That's the genuine power of God. That's a miracle. You don't total a car without a scratch or a bruise, but the children of God do. Why? Because God is protected. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall by no means harm them. Everybody could be getting sick around you. Uh, you know, sometimes people are so scared. What are they putting in the food and this and that? Listen, if you should accidentally, or if the American Food and Drug Administration puts something out there that's deadly or harmful, listen, if you give thanks to God for that meal, it is sanctified by the word and by your prayers, and guess what? You can receive it, and it won't harm you. I'm not giving you permission to go and drink soda all day. Drink some water, you know what I'm saying? Eat healthy, do the right thing. But if God will protect you, miracles should be all around you. When you pray, 
Oftentimes we get discouraged because we don't see immediate answers. But like I said, a year later, these signs are following them that believe. Your job is not to see the miracle, to make it happen. Your job is to believe for it and then receive it by faith, no matter how long God takes to bring it to pass. So God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. This talks about the quality as well as the quantity of the miracles. In fact, it also talks about the frequency. In other words, the, 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 the tense of the, the Greek words and the, the original language talk about this is something that continued to happen. God worked, and he worked, and he worked, and there were amazing things taking place. But they weren't just taking place, they were taking place often. There was a bunch of these miracles, and they continued to happen. There was a flow of the Holy Spirit that was taking place. That's probably why all of Asia, within the span of two years, heard the word of the Lord. Because people were saying, I got healed. I got delivered. God moved. God showed up. God did something awesome. Miracles are happening. you got to go and find out about it. Go to the school of Tyrannus and hear the word of God and it will change your life. All because God was moving. You know, there's been seasons of this church and I believe there's another one coming where God poured out his spirit in unique ways on this church. In fact, Pastor Jim and Deborah tell of a time where there were so many people getting saved that they had to actually open up walls in the sanctuary. Some of you guys were here at the church during that time. They opened up walls and put in double doors because that single door exit was so clogged with people they had to put double doors. And then they had to stop using the room across the hall and they had to go outside to a tent. That's, in fact, the reason why they built this, this front altar area so large is because there was an expectancy that God is going to pour out his spirit, and there will be so many people getting saved that we're going to need all this room. And we've seen this altar filled here at The Rock. Guess what, church? I don't care about coronavirus, about the church coming down or, or being brought down or how many people are online. There's coming a day. Mark my words from this platform right now. There's coming a day where this altar will not be room enough to receive the blessing and the miracles that God is going to bring in this place. God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, and he wants to do it in you, and he wants to do it in me, but we got to believe for it. What did he do? Acts chapter 19, verse 12. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left, and the evil spirits went out of them. That's quite a thought, isn't it? Paul didn't even have to be there. Like I said, lest we get our eyes on Paul, well, maybe it was the cloth. Maybe it was the fabric. Maybe it, no, no, that's not anything. You know, probably what happened when Paul was preaching, we talked about no air conditioning. It was probably hot, middle of the day. And he goes, whoo, man, hold on, hold on. We'll get back to the book of Isaiah in a second here. Let me just take a moment here. Whoo, all right, all right. Anybody got some water? Okay, give me a drink of water, right? And he probably took that, that sweat rag. In fact, the original word for handkerchiefs can, can also be translated sweatbands. So he might have had his, his sweatband around his head and just kind of did this number and then put it down. Could it be? Could be, all right? This is just me thinking, all right? That somebody saw him put that headband down and they said, well, he's, he's been preaching. He, some people got healed. You getting us some water? All right, all right, cool, cool. Why would they do that? Because their friend was sick. Couldn't make it to the meeting that day. Mama was laid up in the house with a cough that wouldn't leave. Their cousin was tormented by a demon spirit and wandering the edges of the town. And they wanted to get him in, but they couldn't get him into the house of God today. But you know what? Paul's prayed for people, and they've gotten healed. Maybe if I could just get this, this sweatband, maybe if I could take this little handkerchief, and, and maybe if I could just get it to them, and they put it on Mama, and they said, Mama, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And Mama went, 
They said, wow, that worked. And they went over to their friend who was laid up in bed, hadn't been out of bed in months, and they said, in the name of Jesus, and they got healed. And they went to their cousin out on the outskirts of town, and they're out there foaming at the mouth, and they said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And they came to their senses, and they brought the, the cloth back, but they also brought the people back, and they said, come on, come on, come on. Excuse me, Paul. I'm so sorry I took this. I, I took this off the platform, and, and, and I took it. But, but, but listen, here's the reason why. is because Mama couldn't come. But here she is, and, and my cousin couldn't come. He was out of his mind, but, but here he is. And, 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 and my friend, my friend, they've been laid up for months, but, but here they are. And Paul said, I'm sorry, what? What happened? You put that on them, and they got here. Can, can you just come up here for a second? Can we just have a testimony service right now? Hey, tell them, how long was it? Oh, you were laid up for months, huh? And now, can you just walk around and show everybody what's going on? What name was that that they spoke of? The name of Jesus. And now all of a sudden people are celebrating and they're magnifying the name of Jesus. And the genuine power of God started going out. Well, probably somebody said, hey, excuse me, can, can I get a hold of that handkerchief? They said, well, yeah. And somebody else said, well, wait, 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 wait. I got people too. Can I get some of that handkerchief? And they said, well, you're going to have to wait for me because I, I said it first, you know. Paul said, hold up, hold up, hold up. Probably he was either wearing an apron of the rabbi, right, a decorative apron. Maybe it was uh, from his tent making or leather making, right, he had an apron. And they probably said, well, hey, there's enough to go around. They started tearing pieces of the cloth. Here, you get some of this, and, and here you go, and here's some for you, and, and here you take this out. And they started taking it out to place, and Paul said, in the name of Jesus, come on, let's link up our faith. Let's believe God for a miracle. Let's believe God for mama. Let's believe God for your dad. Let's believe God for your cousin. Let's believe God for your friend, for your neighbor. That, yeah, that demoniac, that guy that's out on the outside. Come on, let Let's pray. Let's believe God. And they took them out around the city, and miracles were taking place. See, we need to believe God. Not that the cloth is anything. This is just a point of contact for your faith to be released. But you got to believe for it. Heard the story of a pastor. He said one time as a young pastor, he was sent on a hospital visit early on. First hospital visit, he goes in, and he talks to the nurse's station, finds out where the patient's at that he's visiting. And they send him to the ICU. He walks into the ICU and he finds this person hooked up to every kind of meter and tube and wire you could think of. Hopeless situation. He looked at them in their pitiful state and thought, oh God, why did they send me? I can't pray for this. This person's going to die. But in obedience, he went forth and he just put his hand on the patient and he said, Father, in the name of Jesus. And at that moment, the power of God, the genuine power of God poured out in that moment. He couldn't even finish the prayer. The patient just sat up right there in bed and scared that guy so bad, he just jumped back and said, whoa! But see what happened? There was a point of contact. There was somebody who walked in obedience. These signs shall follow them that believe. If you will step out in faith and believe God, God will do the supernatural in your life. I heard the story of a man by the name of Kelsell, let me get his last name, Glover, Kelsell Glover. He was a, a, a radio, Christian radio host, and he would oftentimes pray over prayer cloths on the air. And then people that wanted them could uh, write him, and he would mail them one of those prayer cloths. And so on the air, he'd pray over them, and then he'd send them out to people. One lady sent him a letter testifying about what took place after she had received a prayer cloth. She had it there in her house and had it on her kitchen table. One day, her adult son came by to visit with her and talk to her, and he said, hey, what's that? And she said, oh, that's a prayer cloth. Uh, the, the, the Christian man on the radio, Kelsey Glover, he, he prayed over that. And so if I take that and, 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 and 
put that on somebody and pray for their healing, they're going to get healed. And he said, oh, cool. You know, he said, well, can, can I have that? Because, I, I mean, I need some healing, and I know some other people that could use that. And she said, sure, go ahead. You can borrow it. And so he grabs it and puts it in his pocket and goes on his way. Later on that day, he takes his wife to a movie. They're there in the movie theater, and uh, he leans over his wife. He says, do you smell something? She says, I don't smell anything, huh? And you don't either. Your old factory senses are shot. You haven't smelled anything in years. He goes, I smell smoke. She says, no, you don't. You can't smell a thing. He says, I tell you, I smell smoke. Something's wrong. He gets this urgency on the inside of him. He stands up, goes to the front of the theater, says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm smelling smoke. I don't know what's going on. We need to get out of here before something happens. The whole theater evacuates, and within minutes of the last person getting out, a fire roars through the theater. See, if they would have been in there, they would have been harmed. They would have been hurt. And yet, God healed this man. And the woman now writes to the radio host and says, can I get another one of those cloths? Because he won't give me mine back. Yeah, I don't blame him. Can you? But see, it's not about a cloth. It's not about a man. It's about the genuine power of God. When you believe God for it, you can receive it. Which brings us to the second thing today. Second thing, what do we do with the genuine power of God? Number two is this, is accept no substitutes. What oftentimes happens when the genuine power of God is poured out is that people take notice, like they did in Ephesus, right? All of a sudden, word gets out. Things start taking place. People start traveling to get a hold of God, get a hold of the supernatural. And people start to flood these places and revival breaks out. We call it revival, right? There's a revival here. There's a revival there. We should go to the revival meeting. And I say yes. I say amen. It's cool. It's wonderful. It's great to get into the presence of God. Those things are awesome. But what oftentimes happens with revival is that someone will come along and they'll see what's going on and they'll see how that ministry did their church service and then they'll copy that and they'll bring it over into another context where the power of God is not released. And now it's a formula. It's institutionalized. It's a system rather than the Spirit of God. And they start to replicate that thing. And, and if they don't have the certain ways that God is pouring out His Spirit in the unusual miracles over here, then, then they'll say, we didn't have church unless this happened. And the power of God is gone. And eventually the revival peters out. And things stop happening. Guys, accept no substitutes. Because just like here now, today, this thing started happening in Ephesus. Let's read on in Acts chapter number 19, this time verse number 13 through verse number 17. Acts chapter number 19, verse number 13 says this. It says, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, that's a mouthful right there, isn't it? The Ghostbusters showed up. Here they go. They took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying... We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Not the Jesus who they preach. Not their Lord. Not their Savior. They took it upon themselves. They weren't commissioned by God to do this. They didn't have a word from God. No, they said, we, Paul's had some, some success, and they're, they're taking cloths and putting it on the people and saying, in the name of Jesus, it's working. I guess we should go with what works, Right? And so they say, we exercise you by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Verse 14, also there were seven sons of Sceva, Jewish chief priest, who did so. Now, lest we think that this uh, Sceva is like the high priest, because we know of high priests in the Bible, right? Sceva, his name means left-handed, which in those times meant sinister or evil. 
right? His name could have been translated scoundrel. He probably, most likely, we don't know, but most likely he was probably not a chief priest uh, of the Jews in their Jewish understanding, their worship of the one true God. No, he was probably a chief priest of a demon, an idol, a lowercase little g God, right? And so his sons are going out, and they're casting out demons, and they're doing it in the same fashion. So here they come upon somebody who has a demon, who has a spirit that has possessed their body. And they say this, like that, seven of them, right? They say, we exercise you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Verse number 15. Let's see how it works out for them. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are you? Don't you just love the Bible? Just puts them on blast, right? Doesn't pull no punches. Who are you? Uh, in San Bernardino terms, it probably happened like this. But who are you? Street stance, right? Why do I say that? Because look at what happens in the next verse. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Beat them up, ripped their clothes off, and kicked them out of the house. Now, don't get me wrong. The devil does have a certain limit and level of power that God has allowed him to have on the earth. When someone is possessed by a demon, they can actually have supernatural, powerful strength. And the demons can actually talk to them about things that they have seen in the spirit realm and seen in the natural realms because they're invisible. They can actually come and talk to the individual that's listening to them about things that happen so that it looks like they're fortune-telling. It looks like those things are taking place, but it's all a trick. Don't be fooled. Don't accept a substitute. We think the devil has power because this guy, one guy took on seven guys, right? And he whipped them and sent them out of the house naked. He had to have a superhuman strength. In the same way, the, the demoniac of the gatherings that met up with Jesus, right? He was breaking fetters and breaking chains. They couldn't hold him. But can I tell you something? When Jesus shows up, when the genuine power of God shows up, it doesn't matter if that demon's climbing up a wall, talking to you about your life. How could he ever know that? How could he ever tell me about that? Listen, the moment a believer stands up and says, in the name of Jesus, the power of God is released. And you can say, devil, shut up, and it has to stop talking. You can say, devil, come out of them in the name of Jesus, and it has to stop possessing their body. Bible says Jesus spoke a word and the spirits came out. You don't even have to say much. All you can say is just out. You don't have to say nothing. Just out, devil, in Jesus' name. Bam, they're gone. Except no substitutes. I get incensed when I hear about Christians reading their horoscope. Calling up their psychic friend. You shouldn't have a psychic friend. You've got a friend in Jesus. You've got the Holy Spirit. You want to know what's coming up? He'll tell you. You've got the genuine power of God. Why would you accept a substitute? Pastor, I'm working on my chakra. What are you doing? That's a pagan practice. You're dabbling with demons right now. I'm setting up my house to have good karma. I'm sorry, what? I'm going to center myself and go into transcendental meditation. No, you're not. You're opening yourself up to demons. That's why alcohol and wine is called spirits. You're opening yourself up. When you are out of your mind, 
You're opening your mind to the devil. You're going to play around. Well, they legalized it, Pastor. It's okay. No, it's not. The Bible says never be out of your senses. Be of a sober mind. That's what the Bible says. Pastor, I'm burning the sage in the bundles so that I can have good vibes in my house. Why would you do something that is a demonic practice? You don't need those things. What you need is the genuine power of God. In a word, you can speak, and those devils have to flee. They have to come out. They have to go. Look at what it says, verse 17. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Don't elevate the demonic. Don't give the devil any place. Listen, you just cast him out in the name of Jesus. You declare the word of God, and Jesus will take care of it because his name's on the line. Pastor, what if I do that and nothing happens? Then listen, God will take care of it. Like we said, these signs shall follow. There are people that I have said come out in Jesus' name and nothing happened, and then later on I found them in their senses. There are people that I prayed for to get healed and nothing happened, and later on they were perfectly whole and healed. These signs shall follow them that believe. Your job is not to heal anyone. Your job is not to deliver anyone. Your job is to walk in obedience and to use the name of Jesus and the power and the authority, the genuine power of God, and let God take care of the results. And he will, and as you do, the name of Jesus will be magnified. Look at what John 14, 12 says. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Do, do I got any believers here at the Rock Church? In World Is there any believers online right now? He who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Greater in quality, greater in quantity, and greater in frequency. Why? Because there was only one Jesus. But now there's a whole bunch of his children full of the Holy Spirit, and the genuine power of God is available to you. We need to have a wake of miracles following us everywhere we go. These signs shall follow them that believe. Not only the usual miracles, but God wants to do unusual miracles in your life. But you can't accept any substitutes. Why would you accept a substitute when God has called you to the real thing? Last thing for us today is this. What do we do with the genuine power of God? Number one, believe for it. Number two, accept no substitutes. Last thing is this, is live it. Live it. There's a God side to everything that we do in our Christian walk, and there's a man's side to everything. And our job is to live in the genuine power of God, do our part. That's why there's a term that I believe has been lost in, in Christianity presently, and that's called sanctification. It's the process of getting your life cleaned up by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's allowing God to work in you and clean you up from the inside out, being separate and holy, exclusive to God. It is a process. It will take time. But by the power of God, you can do it. You can be delivered from drugs. You can be delivered from sexual addiction and pornography. You can be delivered from alcohol. You can be delivered from anger and those generational strongholds, those things that have held you back by the genuine power of God. But you have to work together with the grace that God gives you. Look at what happens in Acts chapter number 19 and verse number 18. We're going to read down through verse number 20. Acts chapter number 19, verse 18, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. You know, there's power, genuine power of God when you tell your testimony. When you say, I was dead and now I'm alive. I was blind, but now I see. I was perverted and now I'm pure. 
I was a mess, and now God's given me a message. I was a trial. I was going through tests, but now I've got a testimony. When you say, I was a drug addict, but now I'm clean. I was an alcoholic, but now I'm sober. I was messed up, toe up from the flow up, but now guess what? God has raised me up. God has set my feet upon the rock, and now he's given me a purpose, a future, a destiny, and there's power, genuine power that's released. Goes on in verse number 19, also... Many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Now, by any measure, any standard, that's a lot of money, isn't it? Think about that. If, if every piece of silver was $1, that's $50,000. That's a luxury automobile here in the United States. We'd say that's a lot of money. But some people have thought, well, that piece of silver might be one day's wages. If that's the case, that's about $5 million worth of books. Now, it doesn't matter what the value of the books is. What matters is the heart that valued God and the genuine power of God more than the counterfeit power of the devil. Because those books, if you would read them the right way, if you would say the spell the right way, if you could work yourself up, if you could do what the book said, then you would receive some power, right? Something would happen. I believe that that's a demonic force on the earth. And yes, there is a demonic power that was released. But what they're doing, what they're saying by this, is they're saying, well, I've found a greater power. I'm not going to accept any substitutes, and I'm going to live it out so much so that I'm forsaking this that would have had value in the world, so much so that they burn it. They could have went and sold it. They could have given the money to the church, right? And yet God says, no, don't sell it. Why? Because that could have power and control over someone else's life in a negative way. And you're not here to harm anyone. You're here to bless. You're here to live in the power of God. So you don't want it, so you get it out of your lives, but then destroy it so that it doesn't affect someone else's life negatively. Remember there was a time in my Christian walk, myself and my friend, we were just on fire for God. We'd just come off of a mission trip. We were home, and we were taking some time to pray together. We were there in my house praying, and my goodness, the, the power of God just hit us. Both of us fell to our faces before God, and we were just praying, and then a moment just hit us where we both just, we were quiet. We couldn't say anything before God. And I've never had this experience before or after. I know I've been in, in meetings and times of prayer where I know God was there and God's presence was with me. But it felt like Jesus physically walked into the room. And I remember I opened my eyes and I looked around expecting to see him there. But I didn't see anyone. But I knew Jesus just showed up. We sat there in silence for a moment. And finally, I, I mustered up some words and I said, Jesus, you're here. And you're holy. And that was all I could say out of my spirit, man. Jesus, you're here, and you're holy. You're here, and you're holy. My buddy who was praying with me, he, he just got a moment. He got a, a revelation, just got lit up. He just jumped to his feet. Man, God is holy. We, we got to be holy. We, I, I got to get some stuff out of my life. And he ran to his car. And he went and he grabbed, it was back in the days of CDs, you know, when you had those big cases. Remember those big old cases? I don't even remember what they're called, but you would unzip them, right? And then you could like 
turn the page. And they had like four CDs. You know, you flip it over, there's four more on the back, right? He had all this, this book of CDs. And every single one of the CDs in there that he knew was ungodly, uh, most of them had that little black and white explicit lyrics symbol on He would take those and with a flick of his wrist, he would shatter them on my doorstep. Bam! Right? Oh, here's another one. Bam! Here's another one. Shattered. Here's another one. Shattered. He's just sitting there just shattering one after the other after the other after the other. Well, I realized, man, if this is what God's doing in his life, what's God doing in my life? And I remember that I had a bunch of comic books. I tried to sell them to fund my missions trips. And I never could sell them. I never understood why. But I got a revelation. If God is holy and these are unholy, then I can't sell them. I've got to destroy them. And I said, we've got to go burn these comic books, man. These things are demonic. Now, for some of you guys, you know, the comic book movies and all that kind of stuff, it's fun. You know, I've let my kids watch them. But we've always had conversations about what's real and what's not real. What is the genuine power of God and what is the falsehood? What is the substitute that the world is trying to bring about? And we don't watch the ones. And if there are things mixed in there, we have a conversation if, as it comes up. Because there are certain ones that we will not watch because they're about, you know, the, the, the dark magic and all that kind of stuff that they're bringing forth. And so we don't bring those things to our house. We don't subject our children to those things to sear their consciences and let them know that that's okay. We get those things out of our lives. And so here we are, and I've got these comic books. I remember, you know, a lot of people watch the Infinity War, right? The, one of the most recent ones. Many people don't know that in the comic books, Thanos, Thanos means death. That's what it means. And his right-hand man in the comic books was Mephisto, a known devil, a demon. That's a demonic spirit. There's a, there's a Ghost Rider comic book with a skull, and it's got the flames of hell coming out of it, empowering this guy to do his works. In fact, I had a comic book series called Spawn. Spawn of what? Spawn of Satan. He made a deal with the devil in the comic books in order to come back to the earth, and he was bound. That's what I was reading. And as we give comic books to our children, we're saying, hey, this is okay. Go ahead, death, devils, hellfire. Make a deal with the devil, and you'll get power. <sighs> wow. And so I knew I had to get this stuff out of my life. And so I went and I grabbed this. I had hundreds of them. Hundreds of them. And I said, where are we going to burn these things? He said, hey, let's go to my house. So we went down to his house. At the time, uh, my, my pastor at the time of the church that I was going to, we had this little house on the property. Remember that, Pastor Rich? And, uh, and so we had this house. And so uh, my buddy was staying there at the time. And so he broke this, this barbecue out. I don't know if you knew we were barbecuing comic books there at the church house. But, um, but we were barbecuing these comic We were lighting them on fire there in the barbecue. But it was taking so long, I said, man, we got, we got to do something else here. And so he goes, hold on, hold on, I got another one. Comes out with one of those little tabletop grills, you know, the round ones, pulls the top off, and we start lighting those ones up. But we had so many that I'm like, man, what are we going to do? This is taking forever. And he goes, hold on, hold on. I said, no, you don't. He said, yes, I do. He brought a hibachi out. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Who are you cooking for all this meat? Like, what is happening? But after a while, it was so much, and there was so much ash that we couldn't keep up. And so finally, we just started ripping them to pieces and throwing them there in the dumpster there at the church. What am I saying to you guys? That we have to, if there's something in our lives, if there's something holding us back from God, if there's something that you know of, if somebody handed you a crystal and said, hey, this has healing powers. If you put it on your, your, your head at night, it'll give you good sleep. Or if you put it where, where you're hurting, it will heal you. If somebody's given you books on self-help, all that kind of stuff, listen, this is new age philosophies. A lot of it is you imagine your reality and whatever you dream and whatever you speak and whatever you think about, that's gonna happen in your lives. Can I tell you guys something that is humanism that's not going to work it's a counterfeit it looks like God because we teach you to declare the word of God and watch as God goes to work on it the counterfeit is is that you have that power don't look to the man don't look to the cloth don't look to the stone don't look to the token the charm the rabbit's foot 
the horseshoe. If you've got that stuff in your house, get it out of your house. A woman came to me after this first service and said, Pastor, I'm from the native Indian tribes and we burn sage. And I remember my auntie told me that we don't do that because we're Christians. And I'm going home today. I'm going to get that sage out of my house. We're not going to do that any longer. Guys, God is calling us to holiness. We're not going to see these altars filled like we want to. We're not going to see the miracles like we want to if we're unholy. God wants to pour himself out into clean vessels. There may be things that we do. We may look crude. We may be working on it. God will work on it with you. But if you have a pure heart before the Lord, this is God, here I am and I'm holy. God, I'm exclusively yours. And God, I'm going to do what it takes. Then today when you get home, get those magazines. Burn them. Get those self-help books. Burn them up. Get those charms and those stones and those crystals. Grind them to powder and throw them in the trash. Don't let them have power over you or anyone else. If you've got computer files on your computer that you need to delete, go and delete them. If there's a telephone number that connects you to drugs, delete that out of your phone and do not return to it. If there's a relationship you need to cut off, if there's a mindset that you need to submit to God, allow the power of God to burn that out of your life. If you've got illegal drugs, if you get, listen, don't burn them in like this. You know what I'm saying? Like get them out. Throw them in the trash, mix them with manure, and throw them in your green waste can. Get them out. If you've got illegal weapons that you shouldn't have, turn them into the police. They will allow you to do that with a safe surrender. But here's the deal. Do what it takes to be holy. God is calling his church to holiness so that he can pour out the genuine power of God on his people. If you study revival, you'll find that there were people who purposed in their hearts to be holy before the Lord. And as they were, miracles started taking place and God poured out the genuine power of God. And so many people started getting saved that they had to hurry up to catch up with what the grace of God was doing. If you're ready to commit your life to holiness, if you're a Christian, a believer in this place, and you're saying, Pastor, I'm ready to do what it takes. I want you to just stand to your feet right where you're at today if you have the ability. Online as well there in your homes with your families, if you're ready to make that same commitment and you have the ability to stand, you're saying, I'm going to stand for holiness. I want to see the genuine power of God move in my life. Then stand to your feet. Would you lift your hands to the Lord as we pray together? Father, here are your people committed to holiness, God. Lord, we are exclusively yours, none other. We renounce every bit of wickedness, of the occult, those practices, those things that we've had in our lives, God. And we will remove them today. We're not going to wait. Today, God, we will get those things out of our lives. Father, we thank you, Lord, that if there be any wicked way in us, God, any thought pattern, any way of life that's in us, God, that is not pleasing to you, God. It's contrary to your ways. It's evil, God. By the power of your Holy Spirit right now, would you just let the fire of the Holy Spirit fall on us, God? Cleanse us and purify us as gold. Remove those things, God, from our lives, those offenses, bitterness and unforgiveness, God. Those things that we've thought and held on to, God, generational strongholds. 
that we believed contrary to your word, your will, and your way, God. Burn it out of us right now, we pray, God. Show it to us, Lord. By faith, God, we remove it now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. We are a holy people. We're yours. God, we want to see the genuine power of God move in our lives, in this church, in the Inland Empire, in California, and the United States to the uttermost ends of the earth, God. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. God, that we would see the miracles on a regular, usual basis. They'd be following us around. God, we also want to see unusual things done. So we believe you for the supernatural in this place. I didn't do this in any of the other church services, but I believe that there is an anointing of God to heal right now. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive it. Online, distance doesn't matter. If you can believe, you can receive. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. In Jesus' name. There are those that are in need of mental health. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. If you've struggled or someone you know of has struggled, right now we speak deliverance in Jesus' name. Speak it. Speak it. If it's not you, if it's someone else that you're believing God, speak it over their life right now. Say their name and say the name of Je in the name of Jesus, they have a sound mind. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Miracles taking place. Signs and wonders. God, that we will mark this day, this moment, this hour. And remember what you've done and give you praise that the word of the Lord, as it says, Acts chapter number 19, verse 20, would grow mightily and prevail. Where the devil had prevailed, God, we declare that he is defeated and that the word of God grows mightily and prevails. In Jesus' name. Everybody in agreement with that prayer said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we just give the Lord a praise today if you got something from God? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.